You can make money the hard way becoming a bullfighter or save money the easy way with Xfinity Mobile. It sure beats making money as a human cannonball. Now through March 21st, learn how existing Xfinity customers can get a free line of unlimited intro for a year when they buy one unlimited line. That's hundreds of dollars in savings on your wireless bill. Visit XfinityMobile.com today. Restrictions apply. Xfinity Mobile requires Xfinity Internet. Reduced speeds after 20 gigabytes of usage per line. Data thresholds may vary. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. To get the Crime Writers on After Show right now, go to patreon.com slash partners in crime media. I'm Rebecca Lavoy, and this is Crime Writers On. Crime Writers On is the original true crime review podcast that digs into true crime, pop culture, other podcasts. And on this episode, four women try to free their sister from her controlling marriage by killing her prick of a husband. But a bumbling insurance agent has his suspicions. We'll discuss the Apple original dark comedy series, Bad Sisters. Joining me to get that done and more is true crime author, TV journalist, and host of the These Are Their Stories podcast, my husband and love of my life, who is not a prick, Kevin Flynn. Hello, Kevin. Hi, Mummy. <laughs> Mammy, don't ever call no. me that. Also with us is private investigator, certified pet detective, resident cat lady, and author of the Piper Green series of cozy mysteries, Lara Bricker. Hello, Lara. Hello, Rebecca. And finally, our resident doubting Thomas, author of the City Trilogy, host of the Strange Arrivals podcast and our Patreon deep dive book club podcasts, Toby Ball. Hello, Toby. Hello, Rebecca. All right. So, Kevin, this is obviously Thursday's program. It is. What is coming up on Monday's podcasts? On Monday, we're going to be talking about the new uh, documentary from Netflix. It's called Vatican Girl. All right. I'm looking forward to that one. All right. So, Kevin, I'm looking forward to talking about uh, this week's series. So do you want to just get right to it? There's nothing stopping you. All right. I'm going to go ahead and drop you that first You don't need clip. my permission. We all came here expecting you to drop that first clip. Okay, JP. Okay. <laughs> Listen, you don't need to be so demanding, okay? I'm going to go ahead and drop that first clip right now. Lucky Wendy could fuck off in the next 10. Happened before then. People get killed every day. What's that mean? I mean, why not give nature a helping hand? All our worries would be over. Grace Williams has just lost her husband, John Paul, but her four sisters are not unhappy to see the man they called the prick meet his demise. We learn that for months, the Garvey girls had been plotting to kill the cruel and controlling spouse and get Grace out from under his thumb. What we're doing is really, really bad. No, it's not. It's survival. Someone's not coming out the other side of this. And it's not going to be me. And it sure as shit is not going to be one of my sisters. 
In flashbacks, we see each sister has her own reason to kill John Paul, and their elaborate attempts to kill the prick go awry. Now that the deed is done, no one is suspicious, except for the life insurance agent with family secrets of his own. There's no post-mortem. Who knows what we find? Fingerprints, needle marks. Maybe there's drugs in the system. You've lost your mind. Well, it's better than losing my bloody business, which will happen if we don't prove that this man was murdered. murdered. Thank you. The Apple original dark comedy series, Bad Sisters, features an Irish ensemble cast led by Shannon Horgan and Sarah Green. Just how did John Paul die? How did he make an enemy out of each of his in-laws? And will the nearly broken insurance agents avoid paying on the policy by cracking the mystery? Spoiler alert, we are going to be talking about plot points from Bad Sisters, all of them. So if you want to remain spoiler-free, go to the estimated time code in our show notes to hear our thumbs up or thumbs down reviews. All of the plot points or all of the sisters? Laura Bricker, mm-hmm. you enjoyed this thing from scene one. I remember you did because you texted us about it. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. So tell me about it. Was this thing like too fun for you, too dark for you, or just right? Oh, it was just right for me. I think it's probably too dark for some people because it's it's not it's it's dark in a very comedic way. And I think if you have been somebody that is a victim of domestic abuse, this humor might not work for you. For me, I loved this from the first scene. There's dark humor throughout the series. The first scene is you're at the funeral and we have Grace, the widow, and they're looking at the casket and John Paul, her dear departed husband is at attention. And uh, by at attention, I mean, he's got a boner. Yeah. She's like pushing it down with her hand and her, her sister who's a nurse is like, well, that's not uncommon, especially after, you know, a violent death. He looks like he's wearing makeup. Well, he is wearing makeup. Maybe turn the heat down a bit, you know, just in case. Why have you got, um, I mean, why have you? Right from the beginning, I knew I was like, oh, I'm going to love this show. It's set in Ireland. We've got like this great scenery. We've got some badass women and we've got some super gallows humor going on. Hmm. I was a little bit worried at the beginning of the series, Toby, because I was like, this is super fun. It's a little bit Wes Anderson-esque. I love all the actors in it. It's very clever. But then I felt like, is this going to be very tiresome where each episode is going to be like the same like thing they're going to put me through every time? Were you worried at the beginning about story fatigue at all? I found myself like a little bit concerned. Like, is this going to be clever or is it going to be like an exercise in like awful cuteness? You know what I mean? Yeah. It was a difficult balance to strike, right? It is. I guess I wasn't that worried. Like, I felt like the writing was so good right off the bat that maybe this isn't a good test, but I just kind of felt like this was written well enough that I feel as though they have enough ideas to kind of sustain this thing for however long they want to they want to make it and the way they do it is i don't know if it's clever or just really strong professional writing but you know you're constantly things are churning the whole time right there's a whole bunch of different narratives you enter the narr- certain narratives at different points some of them end earlier than others i mean it's all there's just a lot going on but it's not hard to keep track so yeah i i i didn't have those worries which was good because there wasn't any need to have those worries. Yeah. Well, my worries, by the way, to be clear, lasted a very short time. It was like episode one and then 
episode two. And then I was like, oh, it's going to be fine. I was like, I was just like, oh, are we, we going to do this over? You know what I mean, Kevin? Because mm-hmm. it seemed like is every episode going to be like another sister story? But then it, they added layers and well, layers and layers, right? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I like that. I mean, that's, that's the way to sustain the suspense and interest for 10 episodes. But I think, you know, sort of the larger structural issue for that, the challenges, and Laura kind of touched on this, is how much weight this can be as far as you have a husband who is not good to his wife and how much of this becomes serious and violent. Now, the character JP, he's very despicable, almost deliciously so, right? Uh, we don't see his like actual physical violence till the end of the series, but his power doesn't come from his physicality, right? He's more like, he's like pulling the wings off of flies. He's more tiny, evil, a maneuverer, kind of despicable in that way. In that way, for, you know, our heroines, the question becomes, should you kill this guy? If we knew, like, from this, if they wrote this as, like, a serious drama, he is a serious domestic violence, you know, abuser, then it changes the weight of the entire thing. And it's no longer a comedy when you sort of like, yeah, this guy deserves it. That changes the comedy. So to keep it light, certainly at first, I think allows us to laugh at the comedy because then we can, you know, sort of follow along with everybody kind of fumbling through this idea that we have to kill the prick for just the reason because they didn't really go into this, but apparently Grace just can't get a divorce and she doesn't want to. And the only way to like let her like fly free is we just kill the guy. Uh, but that's what kind of sets things up. I fucking hate his character. Well, so I, <laughs> well, and I don't mean to cut. I have never hated a villain as much wow. as I hated this guy. Was it the cat? Oh, yeah. It's oh, one of the most shocking a- scenes I've ever seen in any show ever. And I'm not even a huge cat person. Not yeah, no, lie. that was the, the, it was it was like one thing after another. But that is the point is that you are made to just like despise this guy. As Kevin said, like, I fucking hated this man. And then there's like one brief moment towards the end. It was like a 30 second ep- period where I start to feel like a little bit like, oh, like he starts to realize Somebody's trying to kill him and he's feeling afraid. And you see this brief glimmer of humanity of him and then it's gone. And that's when he's wearing like those ridiculous like orange pants and that like crazy outfit <laughs> and all this stuff. And he's like walking around. But for the most part, I feel like the way that the show was written, they don't even try to make you feel bad for JP. And that is the point. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's so satisfying, but it's also like, how is he finally going to freaking die like Mm -hmm. and that was when you were saying before Rebecca like in the beginning I was like okay how many episodes are we going to go through where they try to kill him and they don't kill him I'm like oh this is 10 episodes I'm like fuck I don't know if I can stick out 10 episodes of trying to kill him and him living again because I fucking hate this guy yeah well that was my concern Toby too was that like okay the hateability of John Paul is also a tenuous balance because I also had questions as an audience member right like how has he been around this long? Like, how do they have? No, I don't mean just like alive. I mean, like they have a teenage daughter. How has it taken this long for the other sisters to realize he's this bad? How are they only having these conversations now? Why didn't they have these conversations two years and three years into the marriage? Clearly, like he's always been this way. That to me is the narr- the one narrative weakness of the show is that like he's clearly been around for a really fucking long time. and. 
Now they're saying like she's disappearing. I'm like, didn't she disappear really a long time ago? That was my one question. And also the sort of balancing of his awfulness, like huge spoiler alert, everybody, we already gave it, but like, I'm not a huge cat person. The cat death scene in this show, and I just want to tell you, anyone who hasn't seen this, it's not graphic. It's not whatever. It's almost kind of funny and like shocking. Tears like sprung to my, I was so completely visually shocked by that scene, like the kitten scene. It was scene. horrible. It was horrible, but it was also so, so like, like stark and just like the, the crassness of it. It was just like, oh my fucking God. Like that's a hard balance to strike where you also are like, put your hands on your mouth, but then you can also like in some part of your brain, find it shocking and funny. That is a very hard trick to do with your audience. Yeah. So I think there's a few things. One is. The actor whose name I I'm sure I cannot pronounce, but it set, looks like it's Klaus Bang. Klaus, yeah, yeah Klaus, he's Danish. Klaus, all right, Klaus Bang. He's the only cast member who's not from Ireland. He's yeah. Danish. Yeah. Oh, that makes so much sense. He is a scene chewer in this. Like he is so good in this. It, like I know he's been in other stuff. I don't know how I'm going to react to him when I see. He's him like other evil things. Phil Dunphy, right? <laughs> Ronald, now look what you've done. <gasps> don't you dare turn this on me. She doesn't come to you because she doesn't respect you. And she doesn't respect you because you're weak. The thing with the, the sisters is that he has things that they're ashamed of on them. So I think that they're not as, you know, they're not enthusiastic about sharing these issues with their other sisters because they're embarrassed or ashamed or whatever. As a matter of fact, Eve, the oldest one, or Eva, doesn't even tell her sisters until the very end what he has on her or I guess not has on her, but his, his what he did. To yeah. Her. What he did to her. Um, so that, that's one thing I think, you know, he's just, he's so diabolical that I think that's kind of what keeps, at least it kept my kind of interest is that, you know, he just has a way of, of finding situations and then figuring out the best way to leverage them to his benefit or amusement um, in ways in which he doesn't think it can come back on him. And I guess the final thing is I, I did feel like the scenes with his parents, the scene with his dad, which I felt was a little formulaic, but then the scene with his mom, when his mom freezes to death with the drawer open with his father, yeah. I, I thought that was a pretty interesting scene, which I thought was well acted and just sort of conceptually like the whole idea of you know, his mom discovering his dad has been in this freezer and then dying right afterwards and they're together. And I thought that was pretty interesting. So um, do you not take that, Toby, as a possibility that she knew all along? Which um, is the reason why she was going, why she to was the going down the there was to visit him. Yeah. Yeah, it's possible. I don't uh, that's that's a good that's a good point. I, I didn't quite other than being quite certain when the footsteps were coming down that because we had a few more episodes to go, that it was probably not him. <laughs> yeah. uh, and that was probably her. But I, I didn't really uh, think about why that is. But that's, that's a good point. That prob That's probably true. And maybe that was what he was kind of laughing about. It's like, oh, shit, she knew this whole time. Well, I thought he was almost at first. I was like, is he laughing or is he having like his almost like that was where I was like, is he almost having emotion right now? Mm -hmm. And I was like and then I was like, hmm. I, I still am. I'm not totally sure at that point, because then pretty soon he flash forwarded to like moving on to the next stage of like covering stuff up or whatever. So I was like, oh, OK, where he was like, you know, warming her up and putting her back in her bed. 
Wasn't it so hard, Laura, seeing their daughter blame the mom, like in that one scene? Like, because that is also what I mean, that's that was to me like the the moment that it hit the hardest for me, where it was like his abuse was cartoonish in much of the show. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we know that it's not cartoonish, but the fact that her daughter is ashamed of her for being controlled was like so difficult. What did you think of that scene? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, that ties in also with the way that, you know, she is upset about that. And but at the same time, we've watched Jean-Paul starting to already set his ways on the daughter, even though so she's feeling critical of the mother. But at the same time, here's the daughter. He's like policing her diet, policing her social life taking her confirmation money mm-hmm. and leasing her underwear. What, yeah. Like, oh, she's got a bra. What's she doing with that? You know, but that I think to me, aside from like the dark comedy parts, that was the part that kind of rang true because it kind of shows like how somebody gets into that cycle of a dysfunctional family without even recognizing that they are now that next step in that. So she is like ashamed of her mother at the same time. She's already being, I don't want to say groomed. That's not the right word, but she's already being treated in a way that is setting her up to be put in that same position. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Disney plus and Hulu are better together in the Disney bundle with new movies and series. On Disney Plus, experience the full Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with new main show performances and acoustic collection. On Hulu, follow the fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, played by Emma Stone in the award-winning film Poor Things. All of these and more streaming this month. Get the Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. Terms apply. See DisneyBundle.com for details. You can make money the hard way becoming a bullfighter. Or save money the easy way with Xfinity Mobile. It sure beats making money as a human cannonball. Now through March 21st, learn how existing Xfinity customers can get a free line of unlimited intro for a year when they buy one unlimited line. That's hundreds of dollars in savings on your wireless bill. Visit XfinityMobile.com today. Restrictions apply. Xfinity Mobile requires Xfinity Internet. Reduced speeds after 20 gigabytes of usage per line. Data thresholds may vary. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. All right, so Kevin, here we are in our business section. Mm-hmm. Uh, what have we got going on our Patreon right now, Kevin? Well, if you go to patreon.com slash partners in crime media, you can listen to over 300 exclusive podcasts. That's 300? 300? I think we're at 309 It feels or like 10? it was just 200 recently. That's a, no, 300 is a up. lot. It's great. We have people tell us about our Patreon is that for the amount of support that you give. Like six bucks a month or whatever? $5, $6 for the Laura Bricker, Bricker scale level on up that you get a lot more content than you do with a lot of other creators on Patreon. 
when you register, I can click on your name and see the other people that you're supporting. And it's a lot of, sometimes it's just us or a couple of other people in the same space. But you know, everyone's like, man, you get every week, you get the after show, plus you get extras like Married with Podcast. Mm. You get Laura Bricker's Leave it to Bricker and Toby Balls Deep Dive. Deep Dive. Wait, Toby again. Ball, Toby, Toby Balls, Balls Deep, Deep Dive. Dive Book Club Podcast. Toby Balls Deep Dive. Book Club Podcast. Yeah, and very recently, Toby, you recorded a new episode, and the book was called Two Truths and a Lie. And it is not the latest YA teen romance. The book was called Seven Minutes in Heaven. Seven minutes <laughs> in heaven. Were. Spin the bottle. There are actually several books called Two Truths there and a are Lie. A whole bunch. Yep. This is the only one that has to do with uh, true crime. Tell us about it. Yeah, it's uh, the author, Ellen McGarrahan witnesses when she's a very young reporter an execution in the Florida electric chair that goes horribly wrong old sparky yeah old sparky and she has doubts about whether the guy who's executed is actually guilty so the book is really following her investigation over the course of a couple of decades but then it's specifically in sort of a nine month very concentrated period where she tries to find out who actually murdered these two cops, which I, I think was 1976. Yeah, so I discussed it with uh, Bill Rankin and Chris Joyner from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Uh, we had a really interesting talk. I think people will enjoy it. Hi, I'm Bill Rankin. Do you know that newspapers used to be printed on paper? Do you know that this book club is called Toby Ball's Deep Dive Deep Book Dive? Club? It's a double entendre. <laughs> so yeah, those, those are two of the nicest guys too. I mean, just no super, shit. super nice guys. The yeah. fact that they would come on your thing after Kevin has done ten million impressions of we, Bill uh, Rankin on this podcast. Yeah, I, nobody Chris, enjoys Chris it more than Kevin Chris does, a better, does a better Bill than Bill does at this point. <laughs> Hi. Hi, I'm Bill Rankin. Welcome to my rumpus room. <laughs> oh my god. Would you oh like, my god. Would you oh like my some god. potato chips? <laughs> Do you want to play ping pong in my rumpus room? Oh, my God. 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 I'm going to build a rumpus room. Do you want me to lock you up and have me do psychiatry on you in my rumpus room? Do you like my wood paneling? (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, Bill Rankin. I just vacuumed the wall-to-wall carpet before you arrived. (laughs) Join my lazy boy. I can't condone this. You can't condone that. You imagine Bill Rankin's rumpus room. It's like, it's good. Bill Rankin's rumpus room. Just like a kid's TV show. Oh, Bill Rankin's rumpus room. <laughs> Join the reporters of the Atlanta Journal Constitution. This and is the best bunch kids of podcast we've ever invented. It's like, it's like, let's see who's behind the door. Oh, it's Pokey the Clown. <laughs> He's a famous hobo American. <laughs> Not the hobo mayor. Uh, <laughs> you gotta love you some Bill Rankin. Oh my God. We just invented the best, the most successful kid podcast that will ever be made. No one is calling Bill Rankin the prick. No. No, 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 no one is trying. No one is trying to. He's legitimately kill Bill the nicest person that's ever been invented. He's incredible. Oh my God, I love him. <laughs> Bill Rankin's rumpus room. Watch come out to my three season porch. B R R R. Can we get some like crime murders on merch? That's like Bill Rankin's rumpus room and has a hundred percent. I think Bill Rankin would like would like saying that. Let's just make one and send it to Bill. I want to make it like rainbows, like reading room, like what's that rainbow, rainbow? connection? <laughs> 
have Reading Rainbow. You know, like you know, he could do a kid show, and at the end, he'd be like, like when they sum up like the moral, like what they learned today, be like, ah, okay, now it's time for Bill Rankin's breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> like at the end of Davy and Goliath. Today we learned that electricity can hurt you. <laughs> yeah. Don't do the dime challenge. Yes, exactly. Oh my God, Bill Rankin's rumpus room. Yeah. Okay. Oh All right. God. Available wherever you get your audio. I'm gonna build a rumpus room, and I'm gonna invite Bill Rankin to my Please rumpus room. Please rate and He'll review. Come. Yeah. And share it with your friends. Yeah. Would you like me to bring some chip dip? <laughs> I make a very mean ambrosia. <laughs> All right, Kevin. Before we wrap up this business section, Jesus, do we have any Patreon patron saints of the week this week? Our Patreon patron saints are Emma Kirby Hill. And Mark Peralta, bless you. Bless you guys. Thank you for supporting us on Patreon. I'm wiping the tears from my eyes. So am I. Uh, Bill, I'm so sorry. Uh, And I really appreciate you coming on Toby's book club show. And I hope you come back someday in your rumpus room. I've got beef with you guys. (laughs) I was encouraging him to come up to to New Hampshire or New England. He He hasn't been up to New England before. Well, we oh. have, I think we owe him an airplane oh. ticket yeah, now. I was like, come on up. We'll show you I, fun. Amtrak. You know what? I do think we actually owe him a damn airplane ticket now. And thus ends, <laughs> thus ends the, the business, business section. section. All right, so Toby, you sent me a note that you said there were a few minutes that felt to you like narrative cheating in the show. What did you mean by that? Uh, there was just, for a show that's basically so well thought out and written, there were just a couple of things where it seemed like they're like, uh, how are we going to get this done? Well, we'll just do this. And for instance, is at the end when Matt is kind of going through the garbage and he finds like some red wool and an empty DVD case. And for some reason he goes to see if the DVD is in the DVD player and it is, and then he decides to play it. And it's like some like 1950s or 60s, Isabella. It's Isadora Duncan, right? It's Isadora. Okay, whatever. And then so he decides to put it on, like just for some background while he's going through the rest of the garbage. And it just happens to be queued up to the part that like shows. That's not how DVDs work. Tape works that way. DVDs don't work that way. I know. It's bizarre. So anyway, it just happens to be at that one scene and he's just like, oh shit. And, And that, that kind of is how he figures it all out. And it just seems so. You know, it's contrived, right? And it seems like this is the kind of thing where they could have planted that a couple of episodes earlier and it would have been like much more natural. And then you could have kind of put it all together that way. So it's just little things like that, which I think in a lot of things you would just be like, oh, well, you know, it's just part for the course for like sort of an okay show. But for a show that's as good as this, that just kind of felt like that was cheating a little bit. So, Kevin, what do you think about this, like, multi-layered side story thing outside of the sisters? So we have Becca and Matt, who are sort of like the Capulet and Montague, Romeo and Juliet romance, right? Sort of gluing the two stories together. And then we also have Tom and his pregnant wife, and his pregnant wife sort of becomes, like, the true crime podcaster, like, inserting herself (laughs) in, like, in the thing where she's like, dudes, like, fucking figure this out. I figured it out in an hour. What is the matter with you, Tom? Um, But mostly, like, the Matt and Becca story, which is kind of like the heart and soul of this show, right? Yeah, well, I mean, think what's great about the narrative is that it's really kind of going in two directions with this flashback. One thing is we're trying to find out, okay, we know John Paul's dead. They want to kill him. How do they do it? And that's what these episodes are. But then they fast forward and bounce back to present day. And the mystery is 
whether or not Tom and Matt are going to discover what happened and then. Or whether we want them to. Or whether we want to. And, you know, what are the stakes? Well, the stakes are they got to find out or they're going to lose their business. But there's also, I mean, the theme is deep, dark family secrets. They've got their own secrets. Right. We find out that, you know, Matt is his uh, is Tom's half brother. And for a long time, he didn't know he existed. And then there's all this embezzlement. So they've got their own sort of family crimes to cover up. And it like creates like real stakes for them. So, you know, instead of just, you know, rooting against them, figuring it out and and jamming up the sisters, you're kind of rooting for a way for everybody to get out of this clean. Yeah. Like, is there a way? And I it seemed like there was a pretty obvious way. And if I was watching this week to week, it wouldn't take me 10 weeks to consider this, although I binged it. It just seemed like there was a really obvious way of everybody getting kind of what they wanted. But we can get to that later. But I like those two guys. I thought well, we Matt was definitely now, which is just Matt, like Matt was definitely the emotional center yeah. of this because he was the only one that wasn't weird and crazy. Yeah. He was the great chorus he threw in there. And just like bonus points, not a lot of people are familiar in the years with Daryl McCormick. He's an Irish actor of color. Well, I just found out that my dad didn't just up and die. He actually killed himself. God. Yeah. Found out Thomas had been keeping it from me. Jesus. He's pretty good on the base. Hmm. He's got nice eyes. He's got nice eyes. He's easy on the eyes, Laura. Hmm. So, Laura, I found I like my- his brother, Tom Coughlin from Coughlin and Sons. Catherine. Oh, his brother Catherine drove me crazy. Yes, but, but you can't root against the guy whose wife is like 25 months pregnant and peeing in the bed. And so, like, you are kind of find yourself in a situation where, like, you don't want anyone to lose. But you yes. like, so, like, that's the, that's the narrative tension, right? You don't want anyone to lose. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think before you get to the part where you realize his home life, where his wife is sitting there, and I'm like, my God, can she get any bigger? And then, like, the, the part where she actually, like, gets off the bed and has to, like, waddle downstairs to look through his records, you're like, oh, my God. And then clearly that doesn't go well for her. But no, I mean, I think that's the thing is that, you know, you're watching this and you're you're rooting for the sisters because you're like, that guy JP was a freaking prick and he deserved to die. And you're like, they don't need to get caught because it was a justifiable homicide. And then you're seeing these brothers and, you know, you're finding out that like, it's like a Ponzi scheme in like the insurance industry where like he never like recorded their insurance policies and he was pocketing the money and they were just like filed in the bottom drawer. And, you know, you find out the father committed suicide and the head brother there has this family situation where he really needs to not lose the family business. So I definitely did find myself like, Oh God, here he comes again. And then I'm like, no, here he comes again because he's got everything to lose here. If he doesn't keep this up. And then you have the whole side dynamic where the other hot brother is like having sex with the crazy young wild Garvey sister. Becca. Becca. Baby Becca. And I I thought she was one of the more interesting of the sisters in terms of the way that her character sort of like played out because you have this dynamic with the brother, but then you have this very real affection that she has for JP's mother when she's out giving her massages and then like the mother is clearly got dementia and everything. So I felt like to me, that character out of all, I mean, all of the sisters eventually did come to life. I mean, you have the sister who's having the affair with the photographer, you know, you have the sister who 
think she's finally going to get it on with her hot coworker and then he's gay. But I feel like Becca felt to me the most sort of vulnerable in a way besides Grace, who I felt like Grace was just portrayed like the way that they put her forward in the first part of this series was so dowdy that she just came across as, you know, it, it was it was very well played. Like the casting in this, I think, was was really well done. I don't know if others felt that way, but I just felt like everybody mm-hmm. was cast so well. And it was just such a, a great portrayal of all of these people in the way that they all sort of played their roles and came to the screen in, in these roles. Yeah, I agree with you, Lauren. It's almost a shame that we're 30 minutes into this and we didn't really talk about the strength, which is the ensemble with the sisters, how they all really click. And it's like there's somebody that you can relate to. Is there anything you like? Don't. It's your fault. I've never seen a single woman over 40 before. Not that they've just ever seen nipples as gigantic as yours. Like, you're such a pervert. Ow! Oh, my arse! If I had to say there was one of the sisters that, like, the character didn't really sing, it would be Ursula, who's the nurse yeah. having the affair, because it just sort of seemed like her character was sister having an affair, and especially, like, when, you know, her husband is nothing like John Paul, that it's kind of like, well, okay, well... Wait, Why what, is she doing that? She's huh? completely overwhelmed at home with a bunch of kids, including one with special needs. Of course. Like, what are you talking about? Well, I just felt like they didn't get that personality. She needed an they experience. They gave her a situation. Yeah. They didn't give her like a fantastic personality, mm. unlike the way Becca is and and yeah. and BB is. You know, it just seems like if there is a weak link, I would just say it's her. I don't think she's a horrible character. I don't think it gave Again, it gave her stakes for wanting to kill JP because she, he knows about her affair. I would just, it's a, it's a pick. It's a nit to pick. I disagree with you on Ursula. I think that was a wonderful depiction of a woman okay. who needed to have an affair right there. She loved her husband, didn't want to leave her husband. Needed to pretend that she was someone else sometimes because her say life she, was fucking I exhausting. I wasn't saying that she shouldn't have an no, affair. No, but I actually I'm think- saying that aside, that- no, I was just saying, like, you know how you always say to me... Becca some, was in a relationship, but also Becca, her character sang. You know how, like, you, you know? told me sometimes we don't need a big, giant right. circle drawn around something? That's how I felt about uh, Ursula okay. for me. Right. What were you going to say, Toby? I thought Ursula just seemed very tired all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, she just seemed oh, like yeah. she was always, like, at the end of the rope, you know? Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it never got better. <laughs> One thing I want to ask you guys about is setting before we wrap this up, because... Obviously, we're on the in coastal Ireland here, and there's this very sort of Wes Anderson-esque aesthetic to the show. Everybody has money, which I do like the fact that that's acknowledged at one point where uh, Tom is like elder sisters with all their nice houses and their inherited money. But there's this whole like setting where everybody goes swimming off of this cliff, and it's clearly very cold, but that's just sort of a ritual that they do. And we should acknowledge that Ireland is, in fact, in the Gulf Stream, so the water isn't as cold as you might think it is. But it is, in fact, quite cold. Uh, but the setting is quite a character in the show. And I think it's actually not an unimportant one. And I think it's lovely and beautifully done. It's an idealized version of Ireland and very location porny in a way that I really enjoyed. Am I the only one who enjoyed that? Nope. Enjoyed it. <laughs> Ireland's not really like that. I loved it. <laughs> it's not like that for everyone. It's not like that for I'm going to go and jump off a cliff in Ireland now, Rebecca. <laughs> a 40-foot cliff. Yeah, no, no fucking way that's happening. <laughs> yeah, some some of the uh, the, the tracking meters, shots they have from like the drone shots when when people are driving on those roads are are just it's it's pretty nice. And a very big little lies 
feeling yeah. to mm-hmm. it in many yes. ways. It did. It did. Yes. Upper class. Is Sharon Horgan like the Irish Connie Britton? That was the only that I kind of had that stuck in my She's mind. She's actually a very, a very prolific uh, producer and writer and actress. That she she was one of the producers and writers of this show, but she also has some big ones in the UK that people yeah, I've seen her uh, in a bunch about. of things. Yeah. 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 I have to ask, and and the theme music was that the same person? Remember in the Michael Peterson documentary at the end when he's like, "Alexa, play blah blah blah." <laughs> no, it was PJ Harvey. It was PJ Harvey. Yeah. But the music sounded very similar to me to that. Nope, it was PJ Harvey, nineties uh, badass Lilith Fair esque PJ Harvey doing the theme song. Yeah, okay, there was some great Fiona Apple in there too. I looked it up. <laughs> My last question for all of you: What was everybody's favorite? unsuccessful way that they tried to kill JP. Oh, well, uh, I like, I like the frozen paintball. I thought mm, that was I probably the I most. Liked, that was actually my favorite one too. <laughs> like when they were like trying to like shoot the watermelon to like prep it. Mm-hmm. And, and you have like this, like the one eyed pirate sister and she's like, Rah! and then she finally is like, bingo, <laughs> she was frozen. Like, <laughs> Yeah, she was. She was like, ah, she was all like pissed off because she couldn't like uh, explode yeah. the like, you know, watermelon. And then she finally succeeded. And then when the other sister's like, fucking do it. And then she's like, oh, shit. And the, the guy's like, ah, when his eye got like shot out. I loved that one. We normally we would play an audio clip to just demonstrate all of that. But you just did an excellent <laughs> job That's of right. summing up That's that right. whole episode. Listen, I'm a huge dog person, but I did like the poison liver. Yeah, the liver was and- mine. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, uh, and I le- did love the fact that every time they tried, someone else got hurt. I thought that was a very, very... Increasingly, mm-hmm. the stakes got higher and higher. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I also liked how, like, when they pulled off JP's pants, when Becca pulled off his pants, and then he was having, like, these, like, very... Like, that part, yeah. that whole one, I, I did enjoy that one, especially because... That was when he started to sort of have this, like, realization that, like, maybe someone's trying to kill me because he had these flashes. And I was like, you deserve to die. Yep. Disney Plus and Hulu are better together in the Disney bundle with new movies and series. On Disney Plus, experience the full Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with new main show performances and acoustic collection. On Hulu, follow the fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, played by Emma Stone in the award-winning film Poor Things. All of these and more streaming this month. Get the Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. Terms apply. See DisneyBundle.com for details. You can make money the hard way becoming a bullfighter. Or save money the easy way with Xfinity Mobile. It sure beats making money as a human cannonball. Now through March 21st, learn how existing Xfinity customers can get a free line of unlimited intro for a year when they buy one unlimited line. That's hundreds of dollars in savings on your wireless bill. Visit XfinityMobile.com today. Restrictions apply. Xfinity Mobile requires Xfinity Internet. Reduced speeds after 20 gigabytes of usage per line. Data thresholds may vary. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus is central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. 
All right, let's do what we do. Let's let our listeners know, should they check out Bad Sisters on Apple TV? Laura Bricker, what do you think? Thumbs up or thumbs down for Bad Sisters? This is a thumbs up. This is one of my favorite things that I've watched in a while. It had like everything that I love. We have location porn, as you pointed out, Rebecca. We've got like badass women. We've got Irish people. We've got dark humor and a wonderful cast. And I will tell you, there was a couple episodes in the beginning where I thought, okay, is this all going to sort of blend together? And then I hit about episode six and I was like, I am going to stay up as long as I have to stay up tonight to find out who finally kills this fucker. (laughs) So big thumbs up. Toby Ball, what do you think? Thumbs up or thumbs down for Bad Sisters? Yeah, I'm a big thumbs up. I I don't have a going to say a ton more. I mean, it's, it's funny. It's dark. It's, uh, you know, it's really well acted. It's really well written. You know, it's just, it's an enjoyable watch. So yeah, I would definitely highly recommend it. Kevin Flynn. Yeah, I'm a thumbs up. Uh, I love, I I was, you know, it's my people. I was about maybe the fifth episode and thinking about wanting to watch the six. It's kind of feeling sad that there were only 10 and they're like, Oh, this is almost through it. I liked it that much. The characters are really strong. It's got a good a good mystery. I would say that at the end, without giving anything away, they started to clear a path for what ended up being not terribly surprising by then, uh, a way to resolve uh, both of the mysteries that are in this. But other than that, I think it was just a, a very enjoyable ride with uh, some characters that I uh, I wish we could find a way to get them back. Thumbs up. Yeah, no, I agree with you, Kevin. Thumbs up for me. And I do have one idea for this ensemble, Mm -hmm. an American horror story-esque thing where they do a whole different story with the same cast. Wouldn't that be fun? Oh, I loved loved all these actresses. Yeah, I love them too. I love the actresses. I also love all the actors. I think it's Mm -hmm. just really, really freaking good. I liked it too. I have to say I was a little worried after episodes like one and two. I was like, is this going to be a tiresome thing? We're going to do the same thing over and over again in every episode. And it's going to be like, oh, here we go again. It wasn't. It ended up being really, really lovely. And I really enjoyed the series. It had a sort of Wes Anderson-esque aspect to it, but not in an obnoxious way that I really liked. So thumbs up for me for Bad Sisters. All right. We should probably end it on that note. But before we do, Laura Bricker, do we have a cat of the week this week? (laughs) Oh, we do. Our cat of the week is actually a dog. Yay! Mm. That's my favorite animal. Rebecca loves that. It is from Candace Stearns. It is Rolo. Rolo is a one-year-old Cavalier King Charles Spaniel. They live in Edmonton, Canada. They've had Rolo for exactly a month, and I'm pretty sure he's actually a cat in disguise. So this is why I picked this dog. He is always jumping up on the tables, pounces on treats like a cat, curls up in the laundry when they're trying to fold it, and prefers to nap right on her face. He is the sweetest boy and a great addition to the family. He's very, very cute. So any dog that acts like a cat is a dog that I am a fan of. So thank you for sending that in, Candace. Nice. All right, Laura Bricker, if folks want to send us any kind of pet to be Cat of the Week, of course, they can email us at crimewriterson at gmail.com or pop it in our Facebook group. But say they want to tweet to you. How can they find you on social media? They can find me at Lara Bricker on Twitter. And Toby Ball, if folks want to like circumvent uh, the new standards on Twitter and reach out to you there, how can they find you on <laughs> social media? At Toby Ball on H. Kevin Flynn, what about you? I'm at www.twitter.com slash Kevin P. Flynn. And I'm also there at Reb Lavoy. I'm also on Instagram and on Be Real and everywhere else at Reb Lavoy. You can also follow the show everywhere at Crime Writers On. And I encourage you to join our incredible community truly on our official Crime Writers On Facebook group. 
Just go to our regular Facebook page, hit join the group, answer a couple questions, we'll probably let you in. Support the show at patreon.com slash partners in crime media. You get the crime writers on after show, Mary with podcast, the 300 plus what, Kevin? 310. So many things back there. Our theme song was composed and performed by Ty Gibbons. Our line editor is the incredible Olivia Burdett. The executive producer of this fine program is Kevin P. Flynn. This show was recorded in the yoga loft above the bodega in Bay St. Louis, Mississippi studio, otherwise known as Studio C, the closet in our New Hampshire basement, where we also keep a giant walk-in freezer that you cannot keep open from the inside. On behalf of all the crime writers, thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you later. Later. Do we have any Patreon patron saints of the week this week? Ambrosia. (laughs) You know what's funny is I interviewed some lady in Georgia today about some lady who died, Uh and and she was like, "That's sad." I said, "But what?" I know. I was like, "What's her legacy?" And she's like, "Well, she couldn't cook if it wasn't in a microwave, but she made a mean." Bing cherry jello salad. <laughs> and she bought it everywhere. And we're going to turn it into oh. jello shots. And I was like, oh, well, wasn't that nice? A bing cherry. That would be really good in the roughest room. It would. Right next to my spinach squares. This week's Bill. Spina Copita. This week's Bill Bacon's roughest room is sponsored by Bing cherry jello salad. <laughs> I love Betty Crocker of products. Toby's like, where the fuck Toby is this podcast going? Your house. He's like, I didn't know. The, he goes, I didn't know the business music went this long. <laughs> it's still going. Oh, I can loop it forever. I jumped into my, my emails. Hurt. Toby said, I'm out. I'm checking my email. I can just loop the music forever and ever and ever. It has a great place to loop it. You can make money the hard way becoming a bullfighter or save money the easy way with Xfinity Mobile. It sure beats making money as a human cannonball. Now through March 21st, learn how existing Xfinity customers can get a free line of unlimited intro for a year when they buy one unlimited line. That's hundreds of dollars in savings on your wireless bill. Visit XfinityMobile.com today. Restrictions apply. Xfinity Mobile requires Xfinity Internet. Reduce speeds after 20 gigabytes of usage per line. Data thresholds may vary.